Welcome to the Fit40 Podcast, where we take all the confusing, conflicting fitness and nutrition information and break it down so that you can live your healthiest, strongest, most energized life. I'm your host, Brian Fitzsimmons. Let's get it started. Hello, welcome back, welcome back. Uh, even though when you're hearing this, I'll be back from uh, from vacation, I'm filming it right before I even made it look different when I went and changed shirts, changed underwear, took a shower, did everything. But that wasn't really for the podcast. That was for, uh, honestly, when I'm trying to shift gears and feel free to steal this, um, I actually got the idea from uh, James Smith. He's well known in the fitness industry, really, really funny, works with general population, very cool guy. Um, But he mentioned that he goes and takes like, body showers or like right like showers without like soap or anything like that multiple times a day and I'm assuming one of those does include soap but um, like it does for me but like just running the water down on you really helps you kind of like collect your thoughts it helps you like calm down from whatever you were just doing and really collect yourself and reorganize and I honestly I probably take like two or three a day just because it feels like so good just to be in that zone of like you're in the shower, you're closed off from the world, maybe you got some music going and you're just like, feels nice. So feel free to take that and use it in your next endeavor. Uh, Let's get on with the show. Today is going to be all about cardio and weight training. How much should you do of each? Should you do both? We're going to talk about it. But before we get into that, uh, I have no review this time because I just did one last in the last episode for uh, the black phone. So I'll just say that when in doubt, when you're struggling for something new to watch, you can't go wrong with what me and my girlfriend Amanda are currently watching, which is always sunny. That never is not funny. I have been laughing my ass off. I've never actually watched the whole thing through. So this is a lot of fun, but also can't go wrong with the office. Or if you're a fan of friends, those are go-tos. You just, you can't go wrong. Another thing I actually uh, went back to that I haven't seen the movie in forever because it was made in 2015. I think that was probably the last time I saw it, but it's always a good watch and it's a quality movie. That's Mad Max Fury Road with Tom Hardy, Shirley's Throne. If uh, there's the guy from uh, Tolkien in it that plays Tolkien, I'm trying. I don't know any other noteworthy things that he was in, but. I mean, it's a great movie. If you watch the OG one with Mel Gibson, I've heard that, I've actually never seen that one, but I've heard that people that did love that one do love this one too. So if you haven't already, worth worth checking out. Now on with the show, let's talk about today's topic. It is straight from the Facebook group. Again, I got a lot of really good ones. Keep them coming, guys. If you're not in the Facebook group already, get your butt in there. Go submit a question. Let me know what you want to know more about. This one is from Danita. Danita, I'm, I'm hope I'm saying it right. I don't do names very well. I'm, I apologize. Basically asking, cardio versus weight training, how much of each is most effective? Well, that's very, very goal dependent. When it comes to anything where you're asking yourself, how much of this should I do? How much of that should I do? Should I like deciding between methods or how much volume? It all comes back to what are you trying to achieve? Now, 
I could probably go on for hours going down every different type of possible way that you can apply it in different scenarios, but let's just keep it simple. We're going to assume that this is for somebody that is in their 40s, trying to lose a little bit of weight, trying to get a little bit stronger and feel better. Okay, general population, not athletes, because when you're talking about athletes and athletic performance, cardio does play a very big role, especially if you're in a sport that requires a cardio component. Now, powerlifters probably don't need that much cardio. That's more for being, you You would incorporate cardio so that you could do more weightlifting and recover more between sets. That's about as much cardio as you need for that. But like for a marathon runner, you'd need a ton of cardio and very little weight training. Enough weight training to make sure that you can stay durable and your body doesn't break down from overusing the same muscles over and over again and other muscles becoming underdeveloped that so you got both ends of the spectrum there but we'll talk about most people in this situation just trying to look good feel good be better parents all that good all that jazz um so let's talk about it when it comes to this topic ben bruno and i'm wearing his shirt what a coinky dink (laughs) the hashtag team no burpees, he puts it very, very well. And maybe he got this from working with Mike Boyle. Um, but anyway, he says, when it comes to resistance training and cardio, resistance training is like the entree. Cardio is like the side dish. I'm going to slightly tweak that and say resistance training and walking are the entree. Okay, that baseline of getting at least 5K steps a day, aiming for 10, and resistance training two to four times a week. Now, that side dish of the cardio can be a couple of different options here. So when we talk about cardio, there's two big ones that get most of the love. That's LIS and HIT. LIS is long, or sorry, low intensity, steady state. It's been a while since I talked about this, low intensity, steady state is LIS, and then HIT is high intensity interval training, the one we've all heard of. Uh, When we're incorporating it into our routines, it really depends what we're going for. If we're talking about from a longevity standpoint and best practice and really trying to be the best version of ourselves, going more on the side of low intensity steady state would be more beneficial than going high intensity interval training if we're talking about doing it on a fairly consistent basis many times during the week. Now, when it comes to high intensity stuff, it's quick hits. You don't want to do a lot of it. So if we're talking about like calorie burning or just overall heart health, low intensity, you're going to be able to do more of, you're going to be getting better benefits from it than if you do high intensity at the exact same rate. However, they're not mutually exclusive. You don't have to do all one or all the other. You could do both at the same time. There's many different ways that you can do it. Let's assume that you're working out doing the weights three to four times a week. Now, when it comes to high intensity interval training, like I do for some of my younger clients, I'll put that at the end of the workout. And that is because you want to use all your fuel sources towards the heavy stuff, the very demanding stuff when it comes to the weights. And then whatever's left, you could do on the high intensity end. So what that looks like is, like I said, it's a quick hit. It's not a lot. One of my clients, Sydney, she's been crushing it for months doing this stuff. And we're just slowly climbing up the ladder of 
decreasing rest, increasing work. And what it looks like for her, like what she started out at was like 30 seconds of work, 60 seconds of rest, five rounds. That's it. So what does that end up being? Five, five minutes plus. <laughs> so like, I, I suck at mental math on the, on the hop here, but like seven or eight minutes worth of work. That's it because it's high intensity interval training, you don't want to be doing that for a long period of time because then it's no longer high intensity interval training. If you're not putting max effort in and you're sustaining max effort, that does that you're not doing hit. It's just not. A lot of people do get caught up in doing this like butchered horrible version of hit where they think they're doing super hard work when they're really not. They're just giving a mediocre effort, killing themselves for like 30, 40 minutes. And it's really not doing a whole lot of anything other than getting you subpar results. Yes, you're going to build a little bit of muscle. You'll get a little bit of conditioning, but in no way is it best practice at all. So sorry for anybody doing a boot camp. Um, But back to what we were talking about. Hit, you could do right at the end of the workout or you could do it on, on like an off day. You could do uh, like a 10-minute, maybe 15-minute circuit where you do uh, weighted movements, not heavy weight, but stuff that you can, again, maintain max effort doing for short bursts of energy. So like 10, 20 seconds with like a 30 seconds to a minute, maybe even two minutes of rest. The real key to this is figuring out what you can handle because for the most part, most people cannot sustain a high effort for very long. They can't and that's okay, but you got to add rest so that you can continue to come back with high effort, high effort. So for example, one easy way to do this, let's say you're on the assault bike. That's the bike where it's got the handles and you simultaneously pedal your hands and feet. It shows Watts. So say you go as hard as you possibly can for 10 minutes, or sorry, 10 minutes, 10 seconds. Notice where the wattage is, how many watts you got, and then take a breather, rest as long as you need to until you feel fresh, until you feel like you've caught your breath, you're ready to go, and it's not even a question. It's like, okay, I got this. And then again, go again. And if you're within that same wattage, like give or take a little bit, so I'm not... I would say like if you're at around like 90% of what you were able to sustain on the one before, then you're good. Do that again, 10 seconds, and then keep doing that. Rest until you're fresh, then come back and do it again. And then try and keep a consistent rest time. So let's say it took you like 60 seconds to get back to fresh. Good. Do that the entire time. And then when you're no longer able to sustain like 90% of that wattage, stop. Because now you're not doing hit. You're just, again, getting into that garbage zone. Now, if you want a little bit more defined and a little bit more like by the book, scientifically like proven, all really deep going into it, knowledge. God, I just butchered that. But anyway, the two big names when it comes to cardio stuff are Joel Jameson and Alex Viata, and I'll put both of their things in the show notes if you want to go down that rabbit hole of conditioning and learning a lot. Like, just so you know, I briefly looked over Joel Jameson's uh, conditioning, like his cert. I had a buddy that was taking it, so I'm like, ooh, let me peek, let me see. And when you think there's low intensity, steady state, there's high intensity interval training, that's two. He's got eight 
different and he might have added more and I and I might have only seen 8 but he's got at least 8 different versions of cardio and how to incorporate them. So there's many different ways that you can go with this but just from a practical standpoint and a simple standpoint you can do hit when it comes to after your workouts or on off days. Just make sure it's only like 10 to 20 minutes max. And when it comes to low intensity steady state I suggest doing that on off days or doing it like later in the day after your workout because weights should take priority just because they require as much fuel as possible. And you can still do things like low intensity steady state with very little fuel in your body, even though it's not ideal, I would say as far as priorities go, that's the way it should go. And with low intensity steady state, my favorite version of that is doing what's called zone two training for like 20 to 40 minutes. Basically, when we're talking heart rate zones, zone one is like if you're sitting down or not even that's like zone zero is like sitting down doing nothing. One is like a decent walk. And then zone five is like that high intensity interval training area where it's like your heart's about to explode. Zone two is that threshold between where you can hold a uh, conversation comfortably and when you have to take those (sighs) breaths in between when you're talking to somebody. So if you're doing like a brisk walk with a friend around the neighborhood and you guys can talk uninterrupted, that's probably zone two-ish, maybe like bordering on zone one. Doing that for 20 to 40 minutes gets you all the benefits, gets you everything that you want out of cardio And it allows you to rest up and recover a little bit faster than you would have if you didn't do that. So gets the blood pumping, gets everything moving, and you feel so much better for it. So much better. And when we talk about like a runner's high for anybody who's never experienced that, like myself, when you do zone two, you don't exactly get a high, but you come out of it thinking, wow, I feel good. Like, it's not like a holy crap, I just ran. I went for a run and I feel like death. It's, oh, I feel fresh. Kind of like I didn't do anything. And that's what you want. You want it to feel very, not effortless, but feel like you could go work out if you wanted to after. But this is like a recovery modality, not so much a workout. And that's pretty much all I have to say as far as cardio is concerned. When it comes to the weights, ideally, we want this entree. We want this to be the bulk of what we're doing and the bulk of what we're doing should comprise of mostly compound movements now for anybody who's unaware compound movements mean that it involves more than one joint so isolation movements which is the other version that would be like a bicep curl so your elbow is flexing and extending that's all that's going on there's really nothing else going on now let's take a squat for example you're ankles are flexing and extending your knees are flexing and extending your hips are flexing and extending that's three joints right there and they're all involved which means more muscles are involved which means that you're getting more muscular damage which means that it's going to take that many more calories to repair those damaged muscle tissues and it's not a bad thing that they're damaged it's a good thing because those micro tears mean that our body has to when it recovers it comes back bigger and stronger and that's how you build muscle So ideally, you want your compound movements in there. Preferably, do them like first or second movement uh, of the workout. And if you're short on time, I would suggest doing all 
compound movements so you get the most bang for your buck and you're not wasting your time and not getting the most out of your workouts. But let's say you have like a quality hour, then you could try doing something like this. And these are pretty much how I do it with my clients. So let's use the the first six weeks of the Fit40 program for anybody who doesn't know, hasn't heard me talk about it. The way it goes is you do a dynamic warm-up, like I mentioned in last week's episode, get the blood pumping, make sure you're in a good place. And then when you're done with that, we have the compound lift, a core movement, and a stretch. So let's say it's squats. So we got goblet squats to a chair. You do that for like six to 10 repetitions. Then you do something like a plank for 30 seconds. And then you stretch out any tight areas that might be in, like that could possibly improve the squat, which would work well. And you do that for about three sets. Then next we got upper body. So an upper body compound movement would be something like a push up or a dumbbell row. And you could do those back to back since they're um, opposing muscle groups. You could do. I like doing pulls first because it actually feels better on the pressing when you pull first. So doing dumbbell rows for about six to 10 reps, then do like five push-ups, and then do some sort of a stretch. So if your chest is tight, putting your hand against like a rack or a doorway, doing that stretch and really pulling on the pec feels very nice. So doing something like that for another three sets or four sets, that right there, just doing the squat, push-up, and row, you nailed almost every muscle in the entire body. Minus, you could make a case for like the hamstrings. Um, What else? Do we miss anything? No, I mean, hamstrings and calves, maybe. And then that's where the isolation movements come in. So let's say you have the full hour, you still got a little time, go ahead and throw on and go on the hamstring machine. Do, Do a couple of those. Do some calf raises and then boom, you have hit every single muscle in your body. You're burning the most calories possible. You're building the most muscle possible, assuming that your nutrition's on point and we're good. And I hope that this is helpful. Uh, actually, I guess I will go there. I'll, I'll, there is one situation where some of this stuff can get a little funky, and that's if you're doing like five or six days in the gym, if you're doing like a push-pull legs or something like that, or a body part split, which I don't recommend. If you're doing weight training, don't do those days where it's like, oh, I did chest today, oh, I did back today, or I did chest and tries, back and buys. That stuff belongs in the 80s. Leave it there. We're smarter. It's not... When it comes to weight training, it's about volume. It's not, oh, I hit this muscle group today, so that should grow my muscles. It's not that simple. You need enough volume. So doing full body splits or doing upper lower days helps a ton. Uh, But when it comes to the push-pull legs, which is like the only reason I would ever give somebody five or six days, when you do that, you could, again... Liss is pro- like the low intensity stuff. Maybe you could do that on the off day. When it comes to the high intensity interval training, I would probably only put that on w- like two, one or two days max because you're going to be using so much effort during those sessions with the weights that you want to be sparing with the with the cardio. Remember, it is very possible to overtrain. No matter what anybody tells you on the internet saying that overtraining is bullshit. 
they're full of shit because overtraining 100% exists. And it's because most of us under recover. Because let's be real. When kids are yelling at night, or not yelling at night, when kids are waking up at night and like being like, mom, dad, I had a nightmare, your sleep's not going to be on point. When it comes to work and your boss is being a total asshole, you're going to be a little bit stressed. And let's say people bring snacks into the office. It's very possible that you'll fall off track and you won't eat all the right things. And this means that some of these programs like high intensity programs you're not going to be able to recover from and it's going to give you subpar results have you feeling like crap and potentially hurt you so when it comes to cardio and weight training you always want to find that perfect balance of work and recovery so whatever you can do where you feel amazing at the end of your workouts like you don't feel like you didn't work out you feel a little sore a little sweaty and you feel like you're energized for the day that's a good sign that you're doing just enough on the weight end and then how you feel throughout the week making sure that we take care of uh things like uh they call it schmeck and it's stress uh what is it I got to look it up, guys. I'm sorry. I'm not that good. <laughs> I, I can't do it off the top of my head. This is why I systematize things. Let's see. So, all right. So, basically what your schmeck is, it's your sleep, hunger, mood, energy, and cravings. Now, if for some reason all of that stuff is out of whack pretty good sign that you might be overdoing it or your nutrition needs a little tweak or you might not be sleeping well something in that is just not right it's a good sign that something needs to change and we need to adjust the program so keep an eye on that make sure that we're adapting because adaptation comes from work and recovery without both it just doesn't happen or it happens but it's very subpar and doesn't last very long So keep that in mind. If you need any more help as far as that's concerned, feel free. If you're in the Facebook group, reach out to me. Message me. Let me know what you got going on. I'll be happy to help. Until then, go kick some ass this week. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed it, be sure to leave a five-star review and make sure to go hit that subscribe button so that way you don't miss another episode of the Fitness and Nutrition Simplified Podcast.